water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. Production by the Novice Latest Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. The podcast about all things Avatar. Surprise, listeners! Here we are with part two of our our overview. This wasn't uh, originally intended, but as you can see in the title, of that previous one that was more of the character focused one, uh, character progression. And now this time, Isaac has some uh, some surprises for us. I don't actually know what's in his little bag over there in the corner, but uh, he's got some surprise topics to to break out. Well, if you're so like intent on wondering, here you go. Now, mostly this is just going to be the uh, similar to the original over book one overview where i was going to ask him a bunch of stuff since like he said that was all the character stuff in part one this is part two now we ask each other like our favorite uh episodes when it comes to like you know jm and and dr and all the other stuff good fun stuff there but i know he asked he had well he had this to ask me or he he asked me this so i'll at least open with this before i give my notes or some of my uh addendums but he asked me what my favorite animal was this season my favorite mm. animal that's a very good question yeah very good question i hope i hope you have your answer as well mm, i i think i do but it's kind of a spirit animal so again i, I discussed it already <laughs> well i did yeah no yeah see the thing is that uh there's a difference between spirit animals and then animals itself mm. so you can say the spirit one and i'll have to also go with my spirit but uh, for now, yeah, at least with sticking with animals. Let's see. Not buzzard wasp. I know that. It's probably that, what is it? That, that kangaroo uh, cat or whatever it was. Yeah, kangaroo cat. That armadillo cat was pretty beautiful as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was cool. And then Bosco as well for just being a bear. Huh. It was also nice. And <laughs> being like the royal advisory. I, I kind of like that. <laughs> Yeah, and I like those small little cat guys that Momo had to wrangle with. I thought those guys are pretty cute. Yeah, those small little pumas. Actually, no, I you know what it is? It's the rotunds. The, the rotunds themselves were pretty uh were pretty nice to look at. Yeah, but uh Mon Shetong is the one of the prettiest designs of this book. Uh for spirit animals yes. uh this time around, yes. I I do see her. I think you are correct in that he was a very good design, especially when he was in like spoiler mode uh yeah it's, <laughs> yeah it's certainly uh he certainly gave some people the spooks yeah now i'm trying to think myself now uh what was what were some other spirits this season we didn't really have too many spirits eh other than maybe the uh the little foxes little fox guides i'm very much a fan of foxes i really have to think on this one hard not hard but mm. maybe it, it probably will have to be because we didn't have any fox. We didn't have any spirits in the. Let's see, uh, Cave of Two Lovers. That didn't happen. Yeah, even towards the end, uh, Appa didn't encounter any spirits. Uh, the Guru had no spirits whatsoever in that. Yeah, there's very much a lack of spirits this season, eh? Yeah, yeah, not too many. I guess, yeah. 
The one that we did get did make a big impression. So. It did, yeah. No, not to, not to, yeah, put him down or anything like that. Yeah, but maybe moving past that, uh, yeah. Since we can't really, think of it. I guess yeah. I'll go. I'll go with the. I'll go with the foxes. By the way, I guess you're a little bit. Are you slightly a bit miffed that we were in a desert and you didn't? There was no sandworms. Uh no. We we got the serpents pass. We got a big scary serpent there. So oh golly, there was the serpent as well. Yeah, that was a really good design as well. Well, even though he looked a little too glossy and <laughs> like candy, but no, yeah. I'll still I'll still go with the um the the rotunds, aka badger moles. And then the little fox spirits that are uh, compatriots to Wong Chitong. Continue on, sir. Yeah. What? What? What's your next topic for this one? So I have some. I have some notes. I have some notes to um, talk about. Um, because there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of missed opportunities, like I said, that I may have had, and there's other notes that I was going to bring up in the previous one, but just didn't get to. So, uh, one of these was posing the idea that Aang and Katara could water bend to the bottom of Lake Laogai to discover the Tylee brainwashing center. Now this was when it was the earth King episode earth King. And, uh, when Toph tried to bring up the entrance way to, uh, the Daily little underground brainwashing center or underwater brainwashing center, excuse me, uh, in Lake Laogai, they were like, mm, that's convenient. And I'm like, well, how come I should have posed this question? How come Ang Katara could not have just water bent down there? Was it a, oh, we're just, just follow us as we water bend down here. And then he could have just been like, the girl's going to be like, you're going to assassinate me. As soon as like, you know, I'm down like below water, you're just going to drown me, uh, get rid of the bubble around you. And I'll, I'll be left to, at the bottom of the lake with no air at all. So that was just one thing I thought of after the fact uh any replies from that uh not too much i mean uh, where would the water go i mean that's <laughs> these are the tangents i think i actually i think we did talk about that a little bit i think i ended up cutting it out of the episode <laughs> oh i don't think i mentioned that but okay uh <laughs> fair enough yeah i think it did come up <laughs> so when Sokka, it was uh crossroads of destiny and Sokka, you know go went to the earth see the earth king uh, and then there were those two fake Kyoshi warriors uh, that were there. And I got to say, he was pretty smart to this, uh, this, this, you know, not Tai Lee uh, person and, and ways of, you know, from the past book, you know, how this, even this, this imposter, this maybe Tai Lee light. I don't, I don't know if it's really Tai Lee or not, but she was doing some things with her hands, but I like the fact that, um, Sokka caught on throughout the entire book. There was always this dance that the two of them would kind of do this tango, and he finally kind of learned to avoid her. So that was that was pretty that was pretty cool. Good on good on Sokka for avoiding her, uh, which is pretty nice with his smooth moves. Should have uh, wooed her with his haikus. Probably would have done something there. Uh, oh, I completely forgot to mention this one at the end of Crossroads of Destiny as well. Uh, the very end, the uh, Lonely Man theme should have played. As we roll the credits. It's funny. I, I feel like that came up there too, but I haven't edited that one yet, but I feel like we did mention that at some point. Oh, there you go. One of these episodes. <laughs> another, another moment in that scene, funny enough, is the, uh, similar to the storm. If you remember how the storm ended, um, was it the storm? No, 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 it wasn't the storm. Sorry. It was, um, avatar Roku. That's who it was. Um, when we did avatar Roku, if you remember at the very end there, all the weight and all the information that was given to Aang, they ended the episode with 
no dialogue whatsoever just that you know little them going into the moonlight um or the moon set or whatever you want to call it and i like how in this one also they just they had no dialogue i gotta appreciate that once she brought him back to life so that was that gets a thumbs up for me i didn't enjoy that moment and then of course in the same episode the whole uh I, I, I think I realized this a little after the fact. I think it was a little clunky, but the reason we had Katara uh, kind of woo over Zuko and make him her pet project for that, you know, little bit of the episode was only to reintroduce the Spirit Oasis water to the audience. Mm-hmm. Even though it was mentioned in the previously on segment. <laughs> well, that one happened there. Oh, that's right. So if you remember, um, I guess it happened maybe off screen, like, but remember when, again, in Crossroads of Destiny, when Aang and Sokka meet up with Toph as she's heading back towards Bossing Say, mm-hmm. I realized that I don't think they asked her about her mom or what, whatever, what, what happened with that. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure they had a lot more on their mind than, uh, I think they did, but it was just interesting how they didn't bring that up. So I assume they'll address that next book, but it was something that I forgot to bring up. So yeah. I'm like, oh, well. And then my last little bit was if Toph was not present for book uh, two Earth, uh, events and actions would be heavily changed. Would the game, would the boomerangs be captured immediately by Azula in the chase? And would they not realize quickly that Appa is the cause of being tracked? Would the boomerangs be stuck inside the library once Wong Shitong sank it back into the spirit realm? Uh, is the Serpent's Pass any different? How would destroying the drill differ? Could the Dai Li insta-kill the boomerangs without them knowing? The seismic sense is quite a story device, but they gave it to a character who is fully fleshed out and is properly wit- written. Hmm. Yeah, no, it would definitely be... Uh, yeah, no, I don't know... I mean, I'm sure it would still be a good season, but yeah, I would definitely miss a big element. There's all that earthbending training stuff they would have to readjust. And yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't want Toph there, but I'm just like, boy, it was. If they didn't have Toph there, with the fact that she could detect things ahead of time, I think yeah, this the, the whole book itself would look pretty different, eh? Yeah. So. Yeah, it makes you wonder, but that's that's it for now for me. I got I got nothing else on the notes there. So now I ask you, sir. Uh, so what was your favorite JM animated show or episode? Excuse me. Mm, and I was trying to look up a list here because I don't even remember which ones did which episodes at this point. I mean, maybe you remember them better, but I definitely did not write that down anywhere or keep that much of a track on it. That's fair. <laughs> Uh, so maybe I'll turn the question around on you because yeah, if, yeah, I, I wasn't prepared for this. Uh, that's fair. And are you talking about episode quality or just uh, the visual um, work that they put in? Uh, the visual work and or one that uh, either visual work or one that you enjoyed. So we have you know the Avatar State that was JM Cave of Two Lovers was them. Mm, I don't remember if Return of Mashu was. Well. Maybe uh, instead of going through all the list, I'll just list out ones that I that stood out for me visually. Go ahead. Um, I think the swamp had a lot of really fun visual elements to it. I loved the uh, like some of the top shots of the swamp too, and we could just see the expanding like Greedland. I thought a lot of that stuff was really pretty. Uh, I'm not sure which uh, 
company did that one, but I, either way, really good JM. work there. Uh, well, JM, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course, Zuko alone had a lot of really great visuals, too. They really captured the the colors and kind of vibe of a Western. And I'm imagining that was probably also GM. Yep, that was also GM. It's <laughs> uh, mm, another really good one. Well, Oppa's Lost Days, of course, um, had some really great stuff there as well. JM. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe my bias is it's unintentional. It's just coming out naturally. <laughs> yeah, it would seem the desert arc was not at all uh, your favorite, even though at least the Wang Chitong stuff was, was JM, so you probably yes. enjoyed that bit. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it in the last episode, so I didn't mention that one again, and I did say that was one of my, my absolute favorites of the season. The library, fair enough. Yeah, writing-wise and visuals. I'm going to say I enjoyed... Um, I'm still going to say that my favorite DM or DR movie episode was The Drill. Um, But I will say that my favorite JM episode is, I think, The Swamp. Mm. Uh, because, yeah. like, it, mostly what you said, I, I love Swamp Settings uh as well uh like kind of it was a little creepy as well it was a bit more spiritual i mean it's a throwback obviously to episode five hmm. so i what what's not to like about that but all the other ones were really good so uh sir what fight scenes stood out for you the most oh um well maybe this is a cheat but i i really enjoyed seeing all the bending battling in uh, the blind bandit i figured you'd say that i thought a lot of that stuff was really fun I figured you'd say that. And I will split it up again. I'll go JM and DR movie. And JM did do the blind bandit. So you it's you certainly can't have that one. Um, hmm. I remember the one in Zuko alone, like the kind of big end fight with him versus the uh, those those Earth Nation uh, trick bags. And he was whipping them around. And I remember that being a a really standout one too, but maybe that was more for the emotional impact than just the action. Oh, of course that was, yeah, that was jam by the way. Ah, but you, you're more the action guy. What were some of the big standouts for you? I am the action guy. I'm still going to, I'm still pounding. I'm still going to hound you. Um, because the two ones that you did enjoy the drill and bitter work, which are the two DR movie ones there? Did you enjoy more with the action? Oh, I don't think I mentioned those. I, I don't really, uh, I can't remember specific action scenes in those. I remember at the drill, there was that, or maybe that wasn't the drill. Maybe I'm getting, <laughs> I remember they were fighting inside the, the drill there, but I don't remember it being very standout in terms of the action. I was thinking more, you'd probably like the end bit where Aang was trying to get like, uh, what is it? The, he's trying to get that rock yeah. embedded into the drill itself and he's fighting Azula and then he like runs up the wall and then rushes down. I think that was really good. Yeah. And I remember the scene happening, but no, I don't remember the specifics of it or, uh, or fair enough. being all that impressed. But okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not saying that I well, I wasn't impressed. It just wasn't enough to like stand out in my memory. No, that's fair. In a lot of action scenes, I do tend to have that that issue. Yeah, of course, which is okay. Um, I guess for me, with when it comes to the action, like I said, drill is still my favorite one, just because the whole thing is basically like it's like a mini it's like a mini new hope in a way where they like try to destroy <laughs> the death star. Uh, I think just the action itself was justified and it was very smart as well. And very creative with what they were doing. But as for 
JM animation. I will have to show my hand. Yeah, show my hand, but I will have to certainly agree with you and say the blind bandit was probably my favorite one just because of demonstration. We had we had it was basically Earthbenders versus Earthbenders, but it was very different. Like each yeah. of them were like very different, and I, I did enjoy that. Crossroads Destiny comes up for, to a close second with that like mm, yeah. end fight. Definitely, uh, very well done there. They, they they did a fantastic job there with that. Yep. Uh, I'll yeah. That, that that's that for now. Hmm. No, I actually don't remember. <laughs> showing my hand here, I actually don't remember what else there was to talk about. Uh, in the in the previous book. I think that might be it. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I feel like there was one other thing that we brought up. I mean, we did go off on a lot of tangents in that one too, and some of them weren't fully related to like an overview. Um, I guess I'll ask your favorite character this season. Uh, favorite character f- for this season. I mean, I just uh, it's a toss up between Toph and Iroh. I think both of them had some really standout moments. Yeah. No, I think I, I, I agree with you on that. I think I'm gonna. Hmm, who was my favorite character this this season? That's a good question. I think I might have to go with Iro. I think I, I think I'm with you on Iro, just because we 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 slowly started to peel away a little more about his past, and mm-hmm. I mean that doesn't ruin him as a character at all. I think that's great, giving him uh, some more history there, but just how calm of a person he was and you know in in the in this new place that he's venturing into and on uncharted waters in a way i think mm-hmm. he did a yeah i think he did a fantastic job so i'm gonna go with iroh as my favorite character for book two yeah, and i liked uh we really put a spotlight in how much of just uh someone who goes around just looking to help other people you know he had that great little moment with Toph on the road that was a clearly impactful moment for her. And even in Tales of Bossing Say, we saw his little mini interactions with random people he'd come across. He was always out there just trying to help. So so all that stuff was was nice. Oh, okay. How about this? Favorite setting. What was your, one of your favorite settings that we ventured into? Oh, the library. The library. <laughs> nope, that makes sense. I, I agree with that. Uh, I'd say the Eastern Air... Er, yeah, Eastern Air Temple. That was a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, we got to go through a lot of different uh areas of it uh especially that was a really nice thing uh the way we go between like you know different areas that pertain to the different chakras uh, i think that was and i think that was a really good like idea as well to get their mileage out of that so i really i really did enjoy that and there was parts of bossing say that i didn't enjoy don't get me wrong uh, i know that wasn't uh wasn't your favorite one uh, mostly or you, you kind of was a little let down for you but i think they still did a very good job with it uh which part was the letdown sorry yeah. uh the the bossing say bit you were expecting to be a little more like kind of omashu ish almost where you're thinking like okay there'd be a lot more i don't know like yeah like metropolis in a way with like skyscrapers or something like that yeah i was just expecting a little bit more uh interesting development but but maybe that's unfair i i think it was as we explored it more, I, I think I grew to like it more. Um, but if you've uh, if you run out of topics in your little uh, your little bag of topics over there, we do still have one more thing on the table. Oh, what is that, sir? Oh, that's the uh, the Avatar Super Deformed Shorts that they feature in the bonus features. Oh, this is correct. You are right, my friend. Okay, 
lead the way, sir. Please go ahead. Yeah, so I don't know if you did any background. I, I couldn't find too much on this in the brief little time I looked it up. But yeah, it's somewhere between these these two seasons, three and, and two. We had three shorts uh, produced. Bending Battle, uh, Swamp Skin Throwdown, and School Time Shipping. I think it's Swamp Skin Throwdown. Oh, skiing. Yes. <laughs> I think I said skin. I meant skiing. Well, I mean, so- Sokka and everybody else is showing skin in this one, so. That's true. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah, and, and they they kind of, uh, they change up the voices a little bit. It's the same actress, but they're putting on a little bit of a different sound, and the designs look more like like those uh, those chibi guys. Somewhat like that, at least. They have the giant heads. Hence why it's called su- Super Deformed. <laughs> yeah, and they're, uh, they've all got, like, um kind of a main theme the bending battle is obviously just uh you know they're all all the characters are coming and kind of throwing down showing the the value of their bending and we could go through each one if you'd like uh more more detailed yeah we'll just do it qu- we'll do it quickly and whatnot it's it's pretty funny like there is there's not a narrative narrative they're just again they're yeah. to be fun and you know just oh it's so cute to look at like i love how cute they all are and stuff um but basically yeah no the the uh, bending battle was <laughs> Sokka getting roasted by all the elements. Yes. <laughs> um, after, you know, like, a, of course, a disagreement forms between, I think it was, was it, no, yeah, I think it was Toph, Aang, and Katara. And then yep. Zuko shows up and they each, like, you know, demonstrate their bending ability. <laughs> and Sokka's always the one that uh, gets the short end of the stick and gets uh becomes a universal chew toy yeah they'll just be like standing aside and then suddenly you get pulled up into their little competition and then just get beaten the heck out of them he's like what did i do to deserve this yeah and that's a common theme between these uh these shorts <laughs> there's a there's a bit there this obviously is non-canon that i don't know where yeah. this like fits into continuity but there's a bit there where a volcano erupted and Zuko started surfing on the lava. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. Are they going with a uh, hint that lava, like uh, lava bending is connected to fire? Oh, that's interesting. Again, we, I have no idea because it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not canon, but I'm just like, okay, wait a minute. Cause we did see in the, the previous avatar before Yangchen uh, erupted volcanoes using the avatar state. Uh, so, you know, maybe that's and that that's canon. Like that's that, that happened. Yeah, so eh, we'll see what happens with there, but um, yeah. but no, I also like the fact when Aang went into space. Oh, which yeah. I I don't know if he can do that. Or not. I obviously okay. He was in air quote space when he was in the Guru, where he you know the, the cosmic energy of the last uh, chakra. Uh, I think it was the light chakra, or maybe not. Mm-hmm. I don't remember now. Uh, but either no, is it the cosmic? I don't remember now. But he went to meta metaphysical space, but obviously. And can't go to space yet. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say uh, for the bending battle, uh, there. I don't think there was too much to this little short. Uh, my favorite bit was just seeing Appa in his little chibi form, and I oh, liked yeah. um, Appa, Momo, and and Iro doing the little like ranking for the <laughs> for the bending moves. I thought that was cute, but otherwise, I, there wasn't too much to this one that that caught my interest. Maybe that's because the action thing. Oh, that's fair. Uh, I think it was just a fun display, a quick display that, you know, kids would probably enjoy. And I enjoyed it uh, being a man child or whatnot, <laughs> as, as you can obviously tell. Uh, next, we have the uh, swamp ski and battle mm. or throwdown. Sorry, not battle. Throwdown. Yeah, throwdown. Yeah. 
Yeah, and of course, uh, just in terms of the swampiness, I, I was a little more into this. <laughs> and I liked um, right at the beginning of it how they kind of had like the traditional kind of look of the animation. Then it like switched over into the more cartoony one. I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm trying to remember what part that was. What was I was just um, it was like showing the the regular like avatar opening. Oh, yeah. OK. And then we we open up on a, like a little alligator in the water or some sort of chimeric crocodile and then it just paints over this more cartoony look and it's a cartoony crocodile oh was are you thinking of the serpent and the school one uh no I, i'm currently watching the uh okay never mind the, uh, uh swamp one <laughs> my apologies never mind yeah and i do enjoy this one a little bit more but the the final one's one i like the most but uh but anyway yeah so we have here basically we're back in the swamp uh with our good old swamp buds hugh and uh is it do not not no hugh is is it who and do Huey and Dewey? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay. It's yeah, one of those. Uh, but you got, yeah, Hugh and uh, Dewey or whatever. And the Sokka's uh, doing a pretty, a pretty cool experiment where he's like, I'm going to show you guys how to make purified water by using a pumpkin. And then Aang comes in. He's just yep. doing some uh, skiing or technically i guess wakeboarding or whatever in those swamp water which i would not advise and he <laughs> um they can bend the germs around them uh and he basically destroys Sokka's little uh purification uh experiment or device. device yeah experiment device and then like Hugh is going like ah you can't you can't let him do that to you you gotta go back at him basically he, he basically he's he threw shade at Sokka and so he's gonna get back at him by doing a throwdown so he's like all right let's go and it becomes basically a hot rod a uh, little hot rod event yep and yeah they attach Sokka with some skis and you have him flying around basically just getting beat up again <laughs> another excuse to watch poor Sokka be the butt of the joke oh yeah no so it's uh it's a pretty cool thing and he basically keeps trying trying over and over and over again uh the different effects finally gets it and then ends up smacking himself on a tree uh with no uh, uh trunks on yeah the crocodile is like trying to eat the trunks but he can't manage it yeah and then uh then we get a i remember there was a big there was multiple shots of Sokka's little butt cheeks i was like oh i don't I wasn't expecting this uh, yeah fair enough eh? yeah of course this one was written by uh brian knitsko <laughs> oh do you know who uh wrote the previous one uh i didn't i i believe it's josh joshua hamilton i if i remember from yesterday okay yeah that makes sense um there's only the, two of them were made by dr movie which they did a good job and there's another one that wasn't was made by a different studio altogether not even jm oh i wonder which one they did hmm. i don't remember which one it was but uh yeah that was that was a little fun just seeing yeah Sokka wakeboard uh i think that was just yeah it was it was pretty cool and how they they were just like oh you got to do like a street race like okay let's 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 go with this I'm I'm down for for this kind of stuff yeah and I enjoyed this one a little bit more it had a little bit more of a story to it and I thought that was fun yep uh and we got the last one summary sir or at least you know a little synopsis oh school time shipping uh if I remember correctly this one just takes place in a classroom and it's kind of going through all the different crushes and potential rom romantic interests in this show. And we see that Katara has quite a quite a little gang of, of love interests following her. She's got her own harem, basically. 
Yeah, and of course, uh, that causes some some conflict with Aang, and most of this little short is him trying to impress her. Yeah, because guess what tomorrow is, everybody? Oh, you know exactly what it is. It's the school prom, or it's the school big school dance tomorrow, and <laughs> Aang wants to uh, ask Katara out to the dance. Yes, and I, I remember Sokka also had his little gang of crushes, but I don't remember what they do with them. Oh boy, so this is hilarious. So we got Suki there, and we also got uh, Yue. Oh yes. And then the two of them lock eyes, and Yue says, with the same voice actor, by the way, which is awesome, yeah. don't make me use my moon powers on you. Yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> I was surprised Mei wasn't part of that group with the other uh, Snapchat. Or you mean Ty Lee. Or Ty Lee, sorry, Ty yeah. Lee. <laughs> oh, this, no, this is worse, because so, um... Uh, amongst Katara's little harem there, we got, well, actually, I'm no, you know who I'm also surprised wasn't in there? Toph. Oh, oh, yes, for Sokka. Yeah, what's going on there? Mm. Yeah, what's going on <laughs> there, bud? Like, you know, kiss Sokka, or Suki on the cheek there. Like, what's what's going on there, bud? Like, completely <laughs> forgot about that. All right there, bud. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, in uh, Katara's little harem there, we obviously have Aang, we have uh jet naturally we also have yeah. haru returning yeah surprised to see that and which makes sense and then we also have zuko uh mm. which ter- perfectly makes sense this is totally fine and this is uh for the most part we have it's uh, yeah it is up to book two i believe so um but after that yeah so basically they're all vying for her attention and whatnot um and they, they do their acts of love and then <laughs> Haru makes a bust of Katara in similar huh. animation. And then she's like, sorry, I don't have uh, a thing for, I don't know. Was it guys with mustaches or so? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> That'd be mean. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but I don't remember either. <laughs> uh, but then Ty Lee comes up and is like, but I do. And then he just like kicks off Katara's head and makes a new bust of it being Ty Lee's head. Yeah. I thought that was funny. So I'm like, Hey, there's a, there's a ship there. Yeah, in the meantime, we see that Aang is, like, depressed. He, he's going to the school guidance counselor, and, of course, it's Iroh. He's, like, laid out on the table or on the couch. I thought that was cute. <laughs> that was great. It was wonderful. I also liked uh, when they were, like, doing their little phys ed section, and they all had their letters on their shirts except for Jet. Jet comes in in his regular outfit. He's too cool <laughs> to wear. <laughs> yeah, there's some really cute stuff in this short. This This was my favorite one. I agree with that. I, I also have to admit that this was my favorite one. And it ends with Aang using Teo. Yes, I finally remember his name after so long. Teo, um, the mechanist's son, you know, in the wheelchair back oh. in uh, the Northern Air Temple. Uh, Teo uh, and Aang basically crop dust and or um, cloud bends. I, I still don't know why Aang couldn't do this himself. No, not, nothing on you, Teo, mm-hmm. but like uh write a message in the clouds saying will you go to the dance with me yeah both in chinese and then also in english which i kind of liked i liked his from ang just in case it wasn't clear (laughs) yeah exactly from ang uh and so he goes straight to katara i feel like tail needs to like get something out of this for like i don't know who you'd ship him with but like he's gotta get something flies over and and then toffs there she's like i just heard that you wrote something in the sky for katara that was really sweet do you want to go to the dance with me how see i wasn't gonna say that but it's like are you seriously like shipping the disabled people there i was just thinking the only other girl i well i guess out of the the one who's not uh 
had a love interest shown yet in this little short. <laughs> oh, here's another thing that's weird that you saw Zuko's a part of the little harem of Katara, right? What about May? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like she was there, right? Like what? What the heck? And also, I don't, I don't remember if I saw Azula there or not. But like, yeah, we saw her. Yeah, I don't know about. I don't know. Oh yeah, I don't know about the. Hey, hopefully nobody goes to the dance with her, or else like, I don't know, feel bad for them. She's gonna go with her little gang, and they're gonna like put some laxatives in the punch bowl or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, they're thinking of me back in grade eight. All right then. <laughs> uh, but no. So you know, you think yeah, it's about to happen. Katara and Aang that's like she's she's about to accept Aang and she's like I'm sorry but I already saw accept somebody else and Aang's just crushed she's like no why <laughs> and the answer the person will surprise you who was it Caleb oh I don't remember I don't remember who it was <laughs> it was the blue spirit oh yes oh, I thought that was funny that's right it was absolutely the blue spirit and she's like I just like mysterious guys I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, and they skip off to the end. That's right. <laughs> yep, that's it. And also, I love the ending, by the way. I know it's the end credits of it, but I like how it kind of sounds like, it's not fart noises, but it just sounds like little, like like classroom toys almost in a way. I think it was pretty cool. Oh yeah, but wasn't it wasn't it the blue spirit? But Zuko was still there. Let me let me see here. What yeah, Zuko was still there. So it wasn't it wasn't Zuko at all. It was a separate character named the blue spirit now. And it's like, what is this? <laughs> Character we haven't seen yet. He's from book three, I swear. Turns out it's just Momo dressed up as a person. <laughs> Maybe it's Yue's uh, uh, Pertroth pra guy to be. Maybe it's uh, Longshot. Yeah, I didn't see Longshot there. I don't know. Maybe. I actually don't remember if uh, yeah. Longshot and Smeller B were in there. Mysterious. Maybe doesn't speak in the Blue Spirit mask. We didn't hear him say anything. So, yeah. I'm just going to say it's Tuxedo Man or t- Tuxedo Mask. Excuse <laughs> tuxedo me. Tuxedo Mask, yeah. He'll just throw a rose and be give us a word of advice and then disappear. <laughs> All of a sudden, Seals kissed by a rose is playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tuxedo Mask I had such a crush as a kid. Um, but <laughs> yeah, man, did you ever think of going to dressing up as him on Halloween? No, I was never much of a dresser upper on Halloween. I was a lame, lame person. You know, he's actually I'm not going to say easy, but he's relatively not the hardest to like, I'd say dress up as in a way. No, no, yeah, he'd be relatively easy, yeah. Yeah, compared to his female compatriots, like, way easier than them. But yeah, I guess that comes to the end of our little short section, and, and those were fun, too. I'm glad they included those in the disc. I'm kind of sad. I wish they did a little, I, they wish, I wish they did more of them. Yeah, yeah, I wonder why they didn't continue, or, or why they even happened in the first place, I'm, I'm not sure. It was probably just they had time, so they're just like, hey, let's throw this together. And I think they were done for like, yeah, they're obviously they're comedies. I get that. But I, I, yeah. I do enjoy them. I mean, for Pitt's sakes, I love SD Gundam Force. So like, of course, I'd enjoy this as, you know, in a long, like, you know, short. You're obviously not meant to be taking it seriously. Although SD Gundam Force, you are technically supposed to take seriously, which I did. Was that a chibi one as well? or It was, <laughs> if you think, it literally is like super deformed Gundam. That's oh, that's wow. literally what it was. So the, so think of like you know the 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 uh, think of like a Gundam. Like so, look at any I forget the technical names of them. Excuse me, but then imagine them as like chibiized. Wow, that's crazy. Or super deformed. Excuse <laughs> me. And yeah, that was a show that ran in like on YTV at when was it like seven in the morning or whatever. It was like either after or was it Saturday mornings? I don't remember now, but. Remember it being similar on the same time with uh, with Hamtaro back in the day. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, good block. The ham taro block. Yep. Yeah. The chibi. Around around the same time I was watching Avatar, so. Yeah, and then one day they paired it up with one of the Millennium Godzilla movies. Uh, it was Ham Taro and then followed up immediately by GMK and all the kids are crying. Unfortunately, yeah, I did not uh, I did not <laughs> witness that. I don't think YTV ever played a Godzilla film. I wish they did. I think that would be really <laughs> awesome. Yes, but as we're uh, winding down here, Isaac, I feel like you I feel like you had something for us here. A little uh some of your box of tricks there. Oh, but guys, like I thought, like this is this is really bad. Like I, I need my, I need my avatar, guys. Like come on, like what, what's going on here? I'm the same guy who was like so unsure of all my, like you know, fa- all my favorite characters dying and Infinity War and whatnot after they got snapped away. Like oh, please give me something, give me something, please. I'm so desperate. Oh, please. Mm. Fear not. One, stop it. <laughs> Two. You have indeed kind of touched upon something. For I feel that um, maybe it is a little, things are quite dark right now at this time. And you almost want some nostalgia in a way. Mm, mm. And, you know, when we did the, but we did book over, or we, we did book one overview. That was a lot of fun, right? But we also paired it with something. We paired it with something that I wasn't even expecting. We Well, we did do it, but. Uh, I was pretty excited for it, which was, you know, the Men My Chamlon's Last Airbender, right? But there is something that admittedly we haven't even touched on and talked about. Mm. And that is something that was unaired. It's never brought to TV screens, except for, I guess, if you like watch it on your computer screen or if you had it like hooked onto the TV screen, whatever. It would seem that there was a missing piece or maybe a proof of concept, a pilot of sorts that needs to be looked at by yours truly. Till next time. What did you think of the interview between Mike Kanitsko and Michael, or sorry, Brian Kanitsko and Michael Dante DiMartino and M. Night Shyamalan? Oh, wow. Over the, the new, the new, the new Avatar film, sorry, or new air quotes as of circa like 2008 or seven, whenever this was released. Yeah. That's what's curious is this was clearly very early in development. They hadn't done the casting yet. Hadn't filmed anything. And it was kind of sad to see, uh, all their excitement to be working together and to think that it wasn't too long after that was shot that a lot of that, a lot of those relationships would have soured and they would have been removed from the, uh, I guess removed themselves, I should say with, for uh, creative differences. Uh, so that's, it, it left kind of a, a curious note over it, kind of a sad note, but I did like to see them all together. It was charming and 
I liked uh, the passion they all had, especially M. Night for Avatar. And he kind of uh, reiterated some of the things that I was saying. And I'd never seen this interview before, but I just heard him say similar things about his origin with the franchise. Uh, but how about you? Well, my question is, how much do you think it was either a lie or how much, I mean, not a lie, but how much do you think it was, maybe, yeah, how much do you think it was a lie? How much Do you, do you think he was being honest or do you think he was putting up a face? Um, definitely some of it he was probably putting up a face, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure he was excited to be working on it. Um, maybe not out of full passion. Who, who knows if it was more business oriented. Um, I do get the sense that he's more of a, more of a passionate filmmaker than you might think. I think mean, that's one of the reasons why he's worked so much of his career in the, the independent scene, or at least tried to, um, especially these days. So, so I don't know. I, I mean, in later, in later interviews, he claimed that this was more of a job for him. This and after earth, he calls like his, uh, not quite sellout, but um, commercial kind of ventures where the other stuff is all passion projects. Uh, studio. Yeah. And I don't know if he was doing that, to frame like, oh, it failed because it was just a commercial job for me. I don't know if that was just later him not being able to recognize his failures, you know, but uh, yeah, an issue of pride almost where he's just like, oh, no, no, he he backtracks and is like trying to rewrite history of like, I didn't say that. Exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, those two. I wasn't working as hard on those because those are just jobs, you know, and then you look at this interview beforehand and he's like, oh, I, I'm dedicating six years of my life to this. This is, uh, this is a huge undertaking. And this is, yeah, he seems so passionate. <laughs> oh, man, that that hits hard like aged milk. Yes, <laughs> that certainly did. The whole little end bit. Yeah. Oh, man. I was like, oof. Yeah, I just I was wondering the whole time how I felt like. So when I thought, yeah, when I watched this, I was again, uh, I just... I don't know how much the creators were in on it or if this was all a joke. Um, and not because, I mean, I'm saying that hindsight is 2020, but I, I am legit wondering, like, just what was what was going through his mind and whatnot. And again, he just, if, if, if he's putting on a performance, there we go, putting up a performance. Because, like, man, I don't know. I I want to believe this man's having passion, but it was with the film, the film we got. Again, I'm not going to... Even though I have positives about that film now, at least at this point in my life, I understand that it was very much hard for a lot of people. Yeah. But I wonder if a lot of people bought into this uh, and they weren't. I mean, I wonder how many people actually watched his films, by the way. And I was even wondering what the like what Bright thinks of his films by this point. Well, uh, yeah, I mean. This was the height of his powers. He was at the, the top of the world at this point in his career. Um, he was one of the the big working directors that everyone was paying attention to. He was yeah, kind of sweeping the world in some ways. And that that's what made his ego so crazy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he and he had this. That's another thing about M. Night that's weird is it's hard to tell if he was a genuine or I guess is a genuine narcissist. Or if that was part of the front that he would put up there, because he is a believer in that old school kind of showman quality. Yeah, especially I was I was wondering that too, because since this was kind of like you know they put this on one of the special features of like the DVD Blu-ray. Uh, at least I, I remember this being on the DVD in book two. So I I wonder if like because they had to show this to kids basically to say like hey there's a live action movie of your favorite TV show coming. So I had to assume like 
you know, he was putting like he had to put up a performance and seem a more a little bit more genuine uh, mm. for people who didn't know his work <laughs> to really make you move to be like, oh yeah, so his daughter watched this, which I believe honestly, and so I assume. Yeah uh so th- therefore he's you know he's he's an average joe he's like every other person you know he's gonna do this film well so i wonder how much like how many fans bought into it and having not owned any of the box set prior to the film coming out again when i watched that trailer i didn't know m night at all i had no um I had, I had no recollection of him at all. I didn't know. So I was pretty much divorced from that. So if yeah. kids and, you know, fans of the film uh, or of this show found out about this through this and maybe websites and whatnot and being hyped up, you know, I was not a part of that, like I said, because I literally saw the trailer in Revenge of the Fallen. So, like, I had no idea this was M. Night. I didn't even know the creators. Well, I didn't even know what they looked <laughs> like at that point in 2009. So... Yeah, I was completely divorced, and I guess in a way I made the right choice. And now, ironically, uh, twelve years later, I enjoy. I love the film. Oh my god, love! You say love? Wow, that's oof. or at least like you know, generally <laughs> like the film. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I am excited to to get to more of his career and just discuss more of that stuff. I think that should uh, should maybe maybe we should continue that retrospective into the next year. Oh, well, yeah, neither, yeah, neither, neither here nor there on the other podcast. Uh, yeah. Not, yeah. On the other channel, excuse me, not, not on this yeah. one, but yeah, it was very weird how much, yeah. I, I, I just wonder if what, what the creators themselves think of each film that he's made up to that point. Sorry. Cause was, cause they mentioned lady in the water. Had they already released, uh, the happening at that point? No, no, no. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I don't know if that I, I'm assuming that this that that interview is probably like what like 2007 would you say to maybe early 2008, but I would think 2007. They said the first two episodes of book three had already aired. Oh, okay. okay. So it was late to because it ends in the season of 2008 up to mm-hmm. like I think Comic Con. I think because. I think they were releasing it in the summertime, so I think they delayed it in a way. So they released it in two thousand, the summer of two thousand eight, because there was a lot of like memes with Azula and the Joker of the Dark Knight fame hmm. at that point. So it probably was like September or October of two thousand and seven when this was like made. Yeah, the happening. Yeah, wouldn't have come out for like seven or eight months, I would think. Goodness gracious! So yeah, no, he was still at the height of his powers before that big collapse <laughs> i mean the lady in the water now is is regarded as yeah one of the the early like oh god like it's the 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 wheels have fallen off massively but at the time it was much more divided there was a lot of people who were like whoa this is like a piece of genius that we're not quite ready for yet but give it a few years and people will understand i remember a lot of that kind of talk <laughs> great it's like no touch <laughs> no touch martial arts oh no oh and believe me i was in that camp too i was like oh i don't i don't know if this fully works but i have a feeling that you know if i give it some time and really try to understand what he was saying here then i'd really you know see what he was going for oh boy he would you were basically under m knight's thumb oh no under his spell oh yeah man yeah he was he was being handled as a genius i just assumed i was like oh i must be missing something here and when we do watch Leading the Water, there is something there. It's just buried in like 
Google, like piles and piles of ego. That's in, especially, I, I don't think I really realized I wasn't uh, fully aware of how bad his ego was until the happening in this movie, the behind, behind the scenes of, of Avatar and the happening, or should I say Last Airbender and the happening, mm. were really what changed a lot of people's opinions on him. Well, you mentioned six plus years of, of work. I don't know. He's going to, production was going to be like two years, I guess. So fair enough. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about what I uh, spoiled un- uh, unintentionally, of course. I, what a very uh, happy coincidence I landed on. Uh, here, would you like to explain exactly what uh, we're, we're about to talk about? I'll let you say it because this is more of a you thing. I, I don't know if Fair I enough. have too much thoughts on this regard. <laughs> so I don't remember which episode it was. I, I fully don't remember which it was, but I, I offhandedly questioned in book two, I wonder what M. Knight would have done here. Maybe it was the drill. And then you were like, uh, I was going to save this for the overview. I'm like, whoops, my bad. So I spoiled all of you. You guys are all spoiled now. So we've come to the bit where we kind of question and pontificate on what could have been uh, The Last Airbender, book two. I remember, that's weird because they would have had to call it book two. Because they didn't title the first one, unless that's because they didn't get a sequel. Mm. So I wonder if it would have been like the retroactive thing with Star Wars, where it would have been called Episode Four: A New Hope. So like when they release like the DVD or Blu-ray, when Book Two comes out, they re- they call it Last Airbender, Book One, Water. Hmm. I wonder that, but anyways, that's why you always subtitle yourself in case you're doing a sequel, but probably not. Uh, at least. James Cameron's Avatar made that smart decision, or it's just James Cameron's Avatar. And then James Cameron's Avatar, The Way of Water. I think that works. But So I was thinking about this, um, not extensively, but I was thinking about, okay. And and you kind of even saw that because even in when they were talking with them, he was like, and again, I don't know how much, again, there was, there's a video out there with them ta- being questioned this. I don't know if it's still up on YouTube or not, but it's all the all the creative decisions they had or the creative input they had was putting their names in the title and i think that's it i don't i don't even remember yep. maybe yep. maybe it was like the interview said uh we i Shyamalan came to them with some of the script ideas i, I have no idea but obviously <laughs> I love how they zoom in, by the way, to Enmite's face. They don't show Brian or Mike's face when he's like, I'm probably gonna have to cut stuff out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can only imagine what their faces look like. But I mean, they're gonna have to because they did ask, like, you know, it's a 30 hour story for a book, like a season. Now you have to take that, make an hour and a bit or two hours of, of that. So what do you cut? Yeah. And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure for them, it felt like it was going to be more of a collaborative process because he's like, oh, you know, usually it's my idea and it's just this one person kind of making it. But now there's there's three of us working together on this. So they probably were were like, oh, yeah, we'll probably work through together and figure out what needs to be trimmed to meet the runtime. Oh, boy. But they didn't know. Maybe the seek, maybe the stories about the happening weren't uh, getting out there yet of the intense ego, egomaniac that was M. Night Shyamalan at that time. So. Pride. Just- Aged like milk. Yeah. 
So I was thinking this and I'm like, okay, I think I got it. I think I know what they could do. They could bring in some ideas from book one that they didn't touch upon, such as the Kyoshi Warriors. I thought that, so my, my, my idea is that, in fact, okay, here's the big thing. They actually go to bossing, say, like relatively towards the beginning, like maybe the end of act one or like, you know, part of like, like at the first 30 minutes they are already in bossing, say, and the whole film is in, in that entire like city. Yeah. Yeah. It would suck to lose the library and off of being missing, but I guess it wouldn't really fit in a movie. Uh, here's the thing. They'd adapt that into bossing, say. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So we actually have like, maybe not the spiritual library, but we have a library somehow inside bossing, say, and then we have Appa be captured inside bossing, say, and that's this whole, like, we can't leave the daily are everywhere. He almost could really like keep it. Yeah. I think he honestly could keep it inside, like, like really develop that. Not that it wasn't developed in this, in the TV show, but he really could develop that story. Um, inside bossing saying the daily conspiracy and keeping a peaceful utopian state with long fang uh in there for the entire runtime in fact the middle bit of the movie before that stuff maybe happens in fact we meet long fang in the beginning the drill happens uh the drill is in like the, the the middle of the movie where they're already inside bossing say and like maybe somebody goes like outside the walls or something like that. Like Aang just is flying around and he just sees the drill and he's like, oh no. And not only that, but Long Feng actually is helpful. Like he, he puts on a disguise. He puts on a, not a disguise, but he puts on an act. Uh, he, he poses as this very like benevolent um, authority figure, this politician who cares about like the avatar. Uh, Toph is already inside the, city by the way she's our like her family lives inside bossing say um and i think the only outside shots you would see is of zuko and iroh outside and then getting inside eventually mm. uh, so we would lose the serpent's pass uh we'd only see the serpent's pass because i don't know if you want to see that in live action because we really haven't seen many other like and that's the other thing how many other like animals we're going to see because Largely, a lot of that stuff got excised out of the previous book. Yeah. And then, as, as for Azula, Tylee, and Mai, they'd all... Maybe the infiltration stuff would happen again after the drill. But as for that, I, I guess, actually, we could see Zuko go after uh, Azula, potentially. Like, we have more of that. It's it's a... Oh, golly, I just thought of this. They, they do the sort of like at least beginning on early on they do like the opposite where it's zuko running from azula so it's a contrast between book one where ang was being followed by zuko and now it's zuko being followed by azula early on at least until she has to go to the drill yeah she chases him into bossing say and then has to regroup to figure out how to get in could see that hey yeah and then gets gets the drill <laughs> heck she doesn't even know about actually no she doesn't know about the avatar although she doesn't know that he's inside. No, what am I saying? Of course she does. But she doesn't know he's inside Bossing Say. And then quickly formulates how to do that. And then like maybe with the Kyoshi Warriors, somehow they come in some, either they're like, either they, like I said, they meet them early on along the way. In fact, I can almost see like them combining Kyoshi Warriors 
and Jet maybe somehow. Or what was it that I said how Jet would be? I think I, I thought of this. I don't remember fully how I how I because they they would combine Jet with something in that was already in book two. I can't remember what it was now. But yeah, that's largely yeah. We also lose the swamp. And as for yeah. the guru, well, one I don't know if Shyamalan would play the guru or not. I don't know. I mean, probably not. But maybe that would be a Fire Nation person. I could almost see that being that is. I don't know about um, Hakota, uh, or Hakoda, excuse me, uh, Sokka and Katara's dad. I don't know about that. I don't know if we would get... I mean, we could still get the Earth Rumble 6. That'd be kind of cool. Hmm. But as for... that's Yeah, that's largely how I... Th- I think it still ends similar way. Um, as for the Avatar state, that's another thing. I don't I don't know about... Because that was the big thing in, in this book of like Aang learning to control the Avatar state. We'd have to go into that as well. And continuing on from the Shaman movie where I would like to see some Fire Nation troops actually doubt, starting to doubt Aang. Uh, not doubting, but uh, doubt Fire Lord Ozai and uh, his his regime. Like I said, like because we saw at the end of the film, uh, they some Fire Nation troops stuck in the Northern Water Tribe fortress. They start bowing to Aang. So I think maybe we could get some of that where some soldiers start to uh, they they aren't exactly they, they start to break the uh, break out of the system in a way or break out of the regime, the imperialism of of the Fire Nation. You got any thoughts, sir? On this topic, no, not not too much. I, I didn't really think about. It. Okay. I mean, it's it's impossible to know really what he would have done, but yeah, I'm mean, like I said, I'm like making all crap. Like the the most <laughs> you could do is literally like, you know, the the what DC is doing with some of their movie properties of like you know, uh, Richard Donner's Superman, and then like Tim Burton's Batman, where they're bringing in certain like they're bringing in um, Billy D. Williams's Two Face. In the in those comics, so basically, yeah, you basically got to write a comic book about this, or you know, the original treatment for Star Wars. Yeah, or we don't need to do anything because we got the good version. <laughs> we have the good version. <laughs> yeah, we could probably move back to that. Okay. Which, by the way, there's another M Night film coming out next oh, year. Oh, what is it called? Uh, Knock at the Cabin. I think it's coming out in February. Interesting. Okay. Noted. Well, uh, really, next year. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 